Hello and welcome to Just a Couple of Horrors. It's the girl, Brianda, whom you may know as the horror girl, Brianda. (laughs) Why do my intros always have to be this fucking awkward? Anyways, it's your girl, Brianda. I'm here. I'm back. I know you guys thought I was dead yet again, but I was just taking a little fucking break for myself for my own sanity quarantine and 2021 and my body and yada 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 has been really hard on me and i just needed some fucking time to myself so i appreciate you guys sticking around and bearing with me first and foremost how the fuck are you how are you doing are you okay is like your mental health okay has anybody asked you Truly, hey, are you okay? What's been going on? Hmm? I see that you've been wearing the same clothes for two days now. Have you changed your socks? Doesn't look like you brushed your hair. I'm not judging. I do that shit all the time. But are you okay? As long as you're okay, then shit, let your freak back flat, okay? Okie dokie. So I've been taking this time to myself and just kind of like revamping and rethinking and trying to get some ideas of finding my my passion for this again. You know, it's kind of sometimes, you know, you get a little jaded and your voice cracks and you sound like a fucking man. But yeah, I've been taking time to myself and just really rethinking and trying to find the, the the love and the interest that got me to start the podcast in the first place. And I've actually been finding a lot of interesting topics and ideas that I think I'm going to be um, bringing over to the pod. Um, and I think that you guys are going to like. So please stay tuned um, and uh, we'll see. Alright guys, so today's sources for today's urban legends were Wikipedia, Washingtonian.com, Villains.Fandom.com, OnlyInYourState.com, iHorror.com, ScaryForKids.com. We are going to be taking a look at the urban legend for the candy lady. Now, this urban legend I found is particularly uh, prominent in the state of Texas here in the U.S. Um, When I was doing the research to try to find some good urban legends, this was the first time I had ever heard of the candy lady. I have lived in California almost all my life. I've never heard of the candy lady, so I'm going to tell you about it. Now, to get us in the mood, I'm going to play some spooky music to go. So here we go. Back in the early 1900s, in a small town just outside of Dallas, Clara Klain... Clara Crane was accused of poisoning her husband in 1895. She gave him some caramels that were laced with some form of poison that killed him. A few years later, she allegedly killed her husband. The Crane's five-year... I'm sorry, a few years before she allegedly killed her husband, the Crane's five-year-old daughter, Marcy, had died. Clara blamed her husband for the passing of their daughter, which is the reason that many believe she killed him. Clara was placed in the North 
Texas Lunatic Asylum. It is now known as the Terrell State Hospital. While in the asylum, Clara made a doll out of torn bed sheets and anything that she can find. The doll she named Marcy, the same as her daughter. Clara could have been could be seen talking and singing to the doll by the asylum staff. In 1899, she was released from the hospital due to overcrowding, so even though she had allegedly committed a murder, she was fit to be released. No word on where Clara officially went after that. Now here is where the urban legend of the Candy Lady begins. In 1903, children started going missing near her old property. Children said that candy would be left on their windowsills while they were sleeping. The candy lady allegedly lures children to their doom by leaving enticing goodies on their windowsills just before bedtime. Her plan is for the kids to wait for their mom and dad to fall asleep before indulging in the sweet treats so that as not to get in trouble. Afterward, she'll grab them and take them never to be seen again. Sometimes there would be notes on the wrappers around the candy. Children began to go missing, yet no leads were ever found that would suggest that they were kidnapped or ran away. Some of the remaining children who got older confessed to eating the candy that was left on their windowsills and even had notes from the candy lady. So parents started to wonder if if any other children had perhaps been poisoned. The townspeople believed it was Clara the woman who had killed her husband by using poisoned candy and that she was responsible for these disappearances. That worry was soon put to rest when somebody actually turned up dead. No, not a child, but a sheriff deputy who had been investigating these disappearances. His eyes had been stabbed out with a fork and his pockets were stuffed with candy. A farmer also found child-sized teeth inside of a candy wrapper one morning while he was tending to his fields. No one really knows whatever became of Cleric Crane, but to this day, it is believed that the candy lady still roams around luring little children with candy, then pulling out their teeth and stabbing them in the eyes with a fork. And that's the legend of the candy lady. Now, if there's any of you guys out there that are actually from texas and like you grew up listening to this urban legend probably poop your little 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 kid pants (laughs) um let me know before doing the research for you know these urban legends for today's topic i had never heard of the candy lady so i'm actually really interested to know like where the story like came from was it just was it just a cautionary tale that somebody was like all right like my kid found candy and you know there was a worm in it and they ate it and they got sick so i'm gonna start this urban legend that you know don't fucking eat candy that you find because this lady's gonna come and get you like what was the origin of it right i'm curious to know so that was the candy lady urban legend number two the bunny man tunnel now the bunny man tunnel is in virginia um but the, you know, it's also kind of related to a bunch of different states. There's different accounts, ever, like a lot of different accounts. So I'm just going to go ahead and hop on into it, okay? The Bunny Man is an urban legend that originated from two incidents in Fairfax County, Virginia in 1970. 
but this story has been spread through Washington, D.C. and Maryland areas. Fairfax County Public Library historian and archivist Brian A. Conley extensively researched the Bunny Man legend. He has located two incidents of a man in a rabbit costume threatening people with an axe. The vandalism reports occurred 10 days apart in 1970 in Bork, Virginia. The legend has many variations which involve a man wearing a rabbit costume who attacks people with an axe or a hatchet. Most of the stories occur around the Colchester Overpass, a southern railway overpass spanning Colchester Road near Clifton, Virginia, and it is sometimes referred to as Bunny Man Bridge. Versions of the legend vary in the bunny man's name, motives, weapons, descriptions of the bunny costume, or lack thereof, and sometimes his even like his possible death. In some accounts, victims' bodies are mutilated. In other variation, the bunny man's ghost or aging specter is said to come out of his place of death each year on Halloween to commemorate his passing. Legend says that at the stroke of midnight on Halloween, a killer in a white rabbit costume awaits. If he speaks his name three times, if you say his name three times, he'll appear. Bunny man, bunny man, bunny man. But don't expect to survive. He'll slash your throat and leave your body dangling from the bridge. Another rendition of this urban legend says that the spirit of an escaped mental patient haunts the railway bridge. He escaped hell bent on avenging the murders of his wife and child who were slain nearby. Living in the woods near the bridge, he killed and ate rabbits wearing their skins and leaving their mutilated bodies hanging on the trees. One Halloween night, Haunted by some town children, he killed them and mutilated them too, hanging their corpses from trees around the bridge. Another spin on the same thing is that um, he's the ghost of an escaped, uh, long, closed, you know, nearby mental asylum. He dresses up in a rabbit suit, throws axes or chainsaws or hatchets at cars of young couples who park um, by the bridge late at night. So what's the cautionary portion, you know, of of this story? You know, don't don't go don't go by bridges at night. Um No, that's a good cautionary. That's a good cautionary, you know, little tidbit. Don't go by bridges at night. You know, the last part, you know, couples who park by the bridge at like at night is probably like, "Hey man, don't be having premarital sex or what have you." I like it. I like it. Okay. So our next urban, well, first of all, if you live in Virginia, again, if you have your own personal story, if you live somewhere around Fairfax County and you have a story, please let me know. I would love to hear what your experiences have been with Bunny Man Tunnel or Bunny Man Bridge. Okay, our next urban legend is called Bus to Nowhere, and this urban legend uh, is from the state of Pennsylvania. 
which I hope to visit. I mean, I hope to visit all of these states, but I would really love to visit Pennsylvania because I know that they have a lot of history. I saw that it was like the first place where um, it has the United States like first medical school. It has the United States uh, first zoo. <laughs> uh, it has a lot of firsts. So I would love to visit Pennsylvania. Okay, here goes. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The city is overflowed with different types of ways to get around the city. We have your old Escalades. You can walk around if you want to get your steps in. You can also rent a bike. Philly has uh, 440 miles dedicated to bike lanes. Over 1,300 um, bikes that you can rent. Over 140 stations that are all over the city. You can also use the trolley to get around you can take a taxi you can take an uber you can take a lift and you can take buses like the southeastern pennsylvania transportation authority aka septa buses these are um you know very intricate uh bus route systems and pretty much can take you anywhere that you want to go around the city um you go to your stop you know you read the destination your little bus stop it could be pens landing you know only terminal wherever you need to go uh, according to local urban legend there is one bus that has no display no destination listed on it it has no route number nor is it even known on what route it appears it's just it just pops up the septa bus um stops for no one at least with a specific destination in mind yet if you ask some people who live in philadelphia they'll tell you that they've seen this bus winding its way through the city streets some call it the bus to nowhere and this is where the legend begins <laughs> um some people call it the wandering bus some you know people just call it the bus to nowhere zero what have you Despite what it's called, uh, we're going to call it the bus to nowhere. Its passengers are people who suffer from incurable hopelessness. And at the bottom of one of their worst days um, in their life, it is said that the bus leads to emotional salvation. And it only appears to those who are trapped in the clutches of dark despair. You don't want to suffer the type of despair of the bus's passengers, but if you do, you mustn't wait for the bus to slow down to let you on. You must chase after it. Seeing your desperation to ride, the mysterious bus driver, a man or a woman, no one really knows, will slow down and allow you on your despair to enter. There's no fare required. Some former passengers say that they offer whatever change they had on their hand, while others just didn't offer anything. The driver stares straight ahead, refusing to engage with the new arrivals. He or she simply motions for them to take a seat before departing to a place unknown. You look out the window, no idea where the final destination will be. You're wrapped around your thoughts, desperate, only to get far, far away from the pain and despair. The driver, who never allows his face to be seen, seems to sense exactly what is in need to assist you. After honing in, like, whoa. 
The driver, who never allows his face to be seen, seems to sense exactly what is needed for your assistance. Your fellow passengers share in the same despair and, like you, sit in silence of their thoughts, soul-searching the events that led them to this point of desperation and, and despair, one by one. Every possible scenario and outcome plays out in the recesses of their mind, and only when they realize where they went wrong that they will gain the ability to leave regret behind and move forward with their life. They pull the cord when they are ready to disembark. The passenger subsequently dropped off at the same location for which they were picked up. As you step off the bus, you leave your memories of that ride, which could have lasted minutes, days, weeks, months, or even years left behind. Those those who can't handle their emotions laid bare have been known to pull the string and demand to be let off the bus prematurely. The driver is forced to oblige, leaving leaving them exactly as he found them, both physically and emotionally. It is only after the bus pulls away that they realize, too late, that they let their only chance at happiness slip away. The faces of the bus driver and passengers wiped clean. Your thoughts and feelings as you watch your landscape pass by. Your final destination. All wiped from your memory, you finally find yourself where you are supposed to be. I think this is a really, really cool urban legend because I think personally, you know, I've had moments, um, some really low moments in my life. And I always thought, you know what this reminds me of this actually reminds me total side tangent this reminds me of the room of requirement from harry potter you know when um what is it the order of the phoenix when um harry and and the gang they're looking for a room where they can practice um using magic because you know umbridge wasn't letting them practice or anything ron ends up walking by you know somewhere (laughs) somewhere and he ends up finding the rumor requirement and the room is completely equipped for them to practice their spells and like you know have little fights in there and the room knew the room of requirement knew exactly what they needed and this is kind of like in a weird jacked up way this is kind of the same you know people are in despair are definitely in a need of of help emotional physical what have you and boom this bus comes along and you fucking get on and it gives you whatever it is the time or the space for you to be able to like sort your shit out and the bus driver is like looking at you but he's not saying anything like somehow him looking at you gives you that release or you are able to like dissect where you went wrong in life and finally are able to like leave the bus without that emotional baggage this (laughs) This is the bus of requirement. That's what I'm going to call it. (laughs) This is a really cool urban legend. Okay, so our final urban legend for today's episode. (laughs) Our final urban legend for today is called La Hora Mala. And this urban legend originates from New Mexico. Now, I think you got by now you guys going to get what I'm trying to do here. So pretty much, you know, this, this is, you know 
urban legends volume one so i'm definitely gonna do more episodes and solely feature urban legends but i'm trying to pretty much cover an urban legend from every state um in the u.s for now obviously i do have plans to to cover other types of urban legends from like other countries different cultures etc etc but um i think it's really interesting you know because you know i live here in the u.s but like what is what is it that make up these freaking urban legends and why are these urban legends like specific to certain states is it because some states border other countries like you know new mexico um i don't know i'm just here to fucking tell y'all a story okay don't don't come for me <laughs> just kidding okay so here goes la hora mala La hora mala literally translates to the bad hour and references when this particular spirit might be seen. The bad hour, right? If I know anything about the app, bad hour. Um, when I lived in Mexico, the bad hour was like midnight. <laughs> but I live in the U.S. now, so the bad hour is like 3 a.m. Um, for all you horror fans, you guys know what that means. It's like... I talk about it in a lot of different horror movies, but it's supposed to be like like 3 a.m. is like the time where it's like the opposite of when like Jesus Christ died. So it's when it's like the devil's hour or the demon's hour and a lot of bad, weird, crazy shit happens around this time because it's meant to be an insult to the Trinity. Right. You guys, you guys have seen The Conjuring, right? um ed uh warren does like a fabulous explanation cute little explanation boom right straight to the point right okay so la hora mala is said to be a wicked spirit or an evil demon that wanders the lonely country roads after midnight and terrorizes anyone who travels alone it appears as a black lump constantly moving changing shapes sizes very rapidly it is also it is also said that the ora mala is a dark spirit shaped like a woman dressed all in black she may appear anywhere but drivers are warned that if they see her at a crossroads or a fork in the road someone they know possibly themselves will soon die so it's kind of like a bad omen Legend says that a woman named Isabella received a call from her best friend saying that she is getting divorced and is not doing so well. Isabella, of course, wants to com comfort her friend, so she calls her husband, who is away on business, to inform him, th inform him that she's driving to Santa Fe for a couple days to make sure that her friend is okay. As she makes a long drive, the moon rises, and upon reaching a fork in the road, she takes the left only to find a woman dressed in all black standing on said road. Isabella slams on her brakes, only to discover that the woman has disappeared. Terrified and trying to catch her breath, she looks to the left to find the woman now staring in the driver's side window with glowing red eyes and cracked skin. Isabella floors the gas pedal and does not stop driving until she reaches her friend's house. She runs inside and her friend does the best she can to comfort her but tells her that she saw a terrible, terrible omen. The following day, they decide to drive back to Isabella's home but upon arriving, they find police cars in the driveway. It seems that her husband had been mugged on his business trip and had been found dead 
in the very moment that La Malaura had appeared to Isabella on the road. Crazy. That is just freaking crazy. Talk about a freaking bad omen. Man, man, that is like, oh my God, that's like, that's pretty hardcore, man, because... I'm very superstitious. I like I believe in omens and whatnot. I mean, to to the extent that a normal person, I guess. I don't want to say I'm super superstitious, but I but I do believe in, you know, superstitions. Like if you see something weird, like if you see, you know, for all you Hispanic people or people in like, you know, um Latin America or what have you, you know, if you see a lechuza, that's that's a really bad sign. And like a lechuza is supposed to be, you know, like a witch or something like that. So seeing a lechuza is definitely a bad omen. No good things are coming when that happens. Um, in the U.S., similar, you know, like seeing a black cat. Although I feel like that kind of faded away within the last, what, 30 or 40 years. Because black cats are cool now, you know. The, the adventures of Sabrina, Salem, he was a cool black cat. Um, we also have Hocus Pocus, Hocus Pocus, um, but man, that is a really hardcore superstitious urban legend. You know what I'm going to do? I'm also going to do an episode on omens, man. I'm telling you once I took this break, I think the ideas, I just needed to reset myself because I, I have all these ideas now and I had that I just like I almost had a block but now the ideas are fucking flowing again and here I go on another side tangent not related to anything (laughs) but anyway I hope you guys enjoyed these four urban legends and let me know what you guys think you know um do you believe in urban legends if so where did you hear your first urban legend and is there any truth to said urban legend if you don't really believe in urban legends then i like to ask why um what is the difference between people who you know do believe in urban legends and people who don't are you like a factual person that just like has to google everything and see like a newspaper article behind it or are you you know one of those people that like kind of just you know take something for what what it is and pick at it and, and take the parts that that have some value you know but okay well thank you for tuning in i appreciate you guys um please remember to check out the instagram page i paint i post daily horror facts i also sometimes do quizzes i try to keep it interactive um you know to give you guys some content in between episodes if you guys um are liking what you're hearing and want to continue to support le pod you guys can go to um apple podcasts and give me a five-star rating um leave me a good comment if you absolutely hate it then please don't do that don't don't fuck with my shit please you know just turn it off and like throw your fucking phone across the room okay just kidding don't throw your phone um but yeah rate review share it share it with a friend share it with your neighbor share it with an enemy share it with anybody that will listen (laughs) well that's it for today guys thank you so much and i appreciate you and 
tune in next week where I will be bringing you a brand new horror. Goodbye. Allegedly lures, allures, lures. She allegedly lures. Why did I say allegedly allure? Allegedly lures. It's two fucking different words. Good. Dang it. This is